0: Hi everyone and welcome to E-Talmud 2.0. Today we're going to do Yod Aleph Amud Bays 11b in Moed Katan. Um, we're actually starting a new chapter, chapter 2 of Moed Katan, Perek Beis. So um, let us begin. So very top, it says the Mishnah. Misha So if you turned over your olives, and what this is a reference to is that um, once olives have become soft, they are turned over, um, which prepares them for... Placement on the olive press and once they've been turned over they have to immediately be pressed or they will spoil so you turn them over so now they have to be pressed or they'll spoil the era o and then when a moment you put, you turn them over um a period of mourning came upon them and during morning when someone's in mourning during that shiva period you're not allowed to work oh onus or if you turned over the olives and all of a sudden a something unavoidable happened to you and it was right before the festival and you didn't have time to press it before the festival began um or your workers deceived you right and um and the they didn't come before the festival to do the pressing so for whatever reason because of an onus because of something unavoidable um you now have turned over olives and it's the festival it's and Um, if you don't press them they're going to spoil so what do you do towing Korishona. you could press them you could load the beam onto the olives for a first time on chol hamoed so you could press them once you can't press them a second time but you can press them once the basic idea is is that once you press it once that's when most of the oil comes out and therefore it will not be such a big loss um therefore you will have avoided the big loss which you're allowed to do on the on the on the intermediate days of the festival but you cannot do more than that because a small loss, which would come from not expending the second, expelling the second kind of batch of oil, that type of small loss you're not allowed to work for on cholhammoid. Umani cholach and then leave it till the end of the festival. Give Rebbe Huda those are the words of Rabbi Huda. Rebbe or Rebbe says, Zolav Vigomer vegov kedarko. Rebbe says, No, you can pour the olives onto the press, you can finish pressing the oil. Um, do two, three, four times, however many you need, and then you can seal the vat in its usual manner. You're allowed to do all of this. And the idea of Rabbi is, is once you're given permission to process the olives, you are allowed to do every step in the normal way. Okay, now let's take a look at the Gemara. The Gemara points out a very important question. The Mishnah opened up with the case of somebody who um, a, the period of mourning came upon them before pressing, And it finished discussing the Mishnah, and the Mishnah finished its discussion with talking about someone who didn't get to do the pressing before the festival fell upon them. And the wording of the Mishnah would seem to imply that the ruling of the Mishnah, that you're allowed to do either a first or a complete processing, um, would seem to imply that that's only true on the um, in the festival case, but not in the morning case. The inference would be is that for morning, this will not be the case, and you are not even allowed to do, be doing the first pressing according to Rabbi Huda, and any pre- and um, the full process according to Rabbi Yossi. So, um, what's going on here? So, Amrav um, Shisha Braidar or Shisha the son of Rav Iri, said Zosomeres. This would seem to mean to say that Devarim Hamutarim the things that are permitted during Chol Asura and B'Ime Evlo are actually um, forbidden during the period of mourning. In other words, the period of mourning is considered more of a stringent time. And therefore, yes, you may be allowed to do this processing um, on Chalamoy given these circumstances, but not if mourning is struck. So we have another view. Rav Ashi, um, Rav Ashi says no. Lomi baya or the Mishnah is stating its teaching in a certain style. It's called a Lomi Baya style. And the Lomi Baya style is basically that it's going to teach you, meaning it's not necessary to teach you this. Um, so it's going to teach you this, and then for sure, and then for sure, um, it would include this. So you have point A and point B, you need to teach, you need to teach about the festival and about morning. And the, the mission is saying, lo a bayakama, right? It's needless to say that you're allowed to do this during the morning, we will teach you that you're allowed to do it during the festival and then of course you'd know you'd be allowed to do it during the morning All right so let's speak this out um let's read it in it's not necessary to state explicitly that labor is permitted during the days of morning because the forbidden forbidden forbidding labor during the morning is that derabanon, is just on a rabbinic level um um, and what the Mishnah is teaching is that even during Cholamo'i, when the prohibition against labor is Oraisa, it's biblical, the Rabbis permitted it in a case of loss. And then all the more so would be this true when it comes to the morning story, which is only forbidden to Rabban, of course, the Rabbis would permit it to, at a time of loss, at a time uh, in, a, in a situation of, of loss, of Pseida. And that's why the Mishnah... Teaches it only about Chalamoid, because once you know that it's allowed on Chalamoid, you know it's for sure allowed on during the fest, during 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 the morning period. Um, so we have two opinions as to what the halacha would be, what the law would be, when it comes to doing this during your morning period. Taniklased Rav Shisha Bray Davidi, a was taught um, in accordance with the opinion of Rav Shisha, the son of Rav Elu devarim haosim laavel bime evlo. These are things that others can do for a mourner um, during the days of mourning. If your olives were already turned over, then others can put the beam onto them. Um, And if your barrel needs to be sealed and if not, the thing will spoil. Or your flax needs to be taken out from the the soaking pool. Um, And if it's not taken out, it will be ruined. And all of these are malachas, all these are forbidden labors, vitzamra lahalos minha yora, or your wool needs to be taken out of the dyer's vat, right, where they would dye it. All of these, others may do them for you. Umar beats him, sedeo mishetigia onas and they can water your field when the watering time comes. So, in other words, you have a case um, of a mourner, and all of these things would would present a significant loss to the mourner. We say somebody else can take care of them, but what seems to be clear is that the mourner cannot take care of them himself. He's not allowed to do this himself, which would seem to um, it, which would seem to be in accordance with the ruling of Rav Shisha that in the case of loss where he had already turned over the olives, you are allowed to press them once during the festival, but not during mourning. And this would seem to support that. And then we're going to continue learning the brysa. that brysa that we just quoted has a lot more, many more rulings that are important for us to bear in mind. Rabbi Huda says, Av los today near. They can even sow for him a plowed field, or a field that's designated for flax. In these cases, if you don't, if the field is not sown immediately, it can't be used this planting season. So therefore, someone else can do it for you. And if the flax is not planted at its proper time, it will not be able to be planted. So in these scenarios, we allow someone else to do it for you. Umrulo. so the sages said to Rabbi Huda that no, this doesn't make sense. Imlo lo afil If you have a plowed field, if you don't sow it in the early season, you can still sow it in the late season. And therefore you shouldn't be allowed to have someone do it for you during mourning because it's a forbidden labor. That in general, that would be something forbidden to do while you're in mourning. And, and the loss is not is not huge because you can always just plant it later on in the season. And so, too, a field that you had designated for flax, it's true. that You may not be able to, if you don't plant the flax immediately, you won't be able to plant it at all. But you'll just use your field for a different type of seed, a different type of plant. Um, so it's not a, it's not a huge loss either. And therefore, you should not be allowed to have someone else do it for you. Gamliel says, if your olives were turned over and there's no skilled worker there but himself, or if your barrel needs to be sealed, so two cases where things will spoil if you don't do them immediately, and there's no skilled worker there but him, then, so obviously there's no one else to ask for them to do it for you, or your flax needs to be raised from the, from the soaking pool again, or your your wool needs to be raised from the dyer's vat and you're the only skilled worker there you can perform the task in private um, although you yourself are in mourning Um, so obviously we prefer you ask someone else to do this but if there's no one else that can do it then you can do it but you have to do it in private Yasser Al-Kain Amar Rabbi Shimon Gamliel furthermore Shimon Gamliel said if someone was a, if a mourner if he was a skilled worker who served the public or a barber or a bathhouse attendant all of these um, serving the public oh I'm sorry not not the case of mourning this is now the case of and the festival season arrived um, and what this means is, is that there's a great need for these services more than usual um and so, so, sorry, this guy is a mourner, but the festival, and he ha- does a job. Um, he, he has a usual job, let's say he's a barber. So he's a someone that works for the public. And now we're saying is that there becomes an intense need for his services because it's the festival season. So everyone's getting their haircuts now. Um, and he himself is a mourner. So what is the rule? Is he allowed to do it in order to sit, in order to help out the public or not? So we answer, and there's no one else. We say, Harizayasa, he could perform these tasks. So, um, and the reason for this is, um, number one, so that the, because the public desperately needs this, and number two, this way he will not lose his income. Um, so a mixture of both ideas is what allows us, is what allows him to go ahead, is what allows him to do this right now. Okay, let's go um, further on in the Braisa. let's go further on in the price so if you're a sharecropper or you're a tenant farmer or you're a kablon which is a salaried field worker right so let's just talk about what these are a sharecropper is somebody that works the land of another and you basically you get the crops and you pay the owner a fixed percentage of the crops um, and then the remainder belongs to them to the sharecropper a hakir which is a tenant farmer that's a um, they pay a certain rental for the use of the land and that's paid in the form of produce from the field's crop um, and then after the rental uh, agreed upon rental rate is paid then the this chakir, like this type of farmer gets the rest of the crop and what's a kabla? and that's a salaried field worker that's you get a set salary to work the field for a certain amount of time and it's not it's not dependent on how or much or how little the field produces okay um, so what happens so you have these three of the, one of these three scenarios in these scenarios you can have others perform your tasks for you during your mourning period um, and the reason for this is because number one the owner of the land would suffer a financial loss if you don't find someone else to take your place um, And, um, and also, in a mix, as well, you mix together the fact that there will be a big loss for the mourner himself, so we allow him to find somebody else to do this. If you're somebody that rents out donkeys or camels or boats, um, you're not allowed to rent out, you're not allowed to do new rentals during your mourning period. But if the mourner or the animal that you rent out were already hired out to others to work for an extended period of time before you became a mourner then you can continue to do your tasks during the mourning period so that the employer does not have a significant loss but if you're only hired for a single day and then you became a mourner in the middle of that day then you have to just cut your losses both you and your employer because it's a, it's not a huge amount of time we don't consider this a significant loss it would only be what a half day's worth of work and um and you're not allowed to do this even if you're in another city where no one will recognize you um that you are a mourner um doing work okay um Let's go on in the B'ra'isah. If you became a mourner, and at that point in time, um, the work of others was in your hand, meaning you were contracted to perform some work, then we say even though it was contracted on a, which is a, on a kibolus. A kibolus is literally translated as a piecework basis, but it's basically you were contracted to do a certain amount of work um for a certain fee but you didn't have to finish at any specific time then Loyasa, you're not allowed to do that during the morning period you're not allowed to um you're not allowed to engage in that type of work during the morning period because you don't have a set time that you needed it done by so now the the gemara is going to interrupt the brysa to ask an obvious question the brysa says that if you became a m- worker A mourner, when you had someone else's work in your hand, right? You had to finish, you had to make someone a garment, let's say. And then the Mishnah, Bryce goes on to say, even though it doesn't have a time constraint, you should still not do it. The word even though it has no time constraint, you should still not do it, that is not the right use of the word even though. If you were saying even though it does have a time constraint, you can still not do it, that would make sense. But the even though here, it doesn't have a time constraint so the word even though doesn't make sense so let's so the is going to point that out even though it was contracted on a piecework basis with no time constraint really it's that it's that what it should have said is you know you don't need to even mention that if it was no time constraint that of course that it would be prohibited keybolus adrab on the contrary keybolus kidi day dummy when you have when you have a scenario of piecework labor a piecework contract you don't have a time constraint that's like your own work so of course it's going to be more likely to be prohibited than work that's performed under a time constraint. So the word, even though it has no time time constraint, doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara agrees and is going to amend the Braissa and says, ema." rather say that the Braissa says as follows: bein bolis, bein whether it's contracted on a piecework basis or whether it's not contracted on a piecework basis, so whether it's a time constraint or not, lo yasa, you are not allowed to perform that work. Um, okay, let's go on now with the b'risa. So, if the mourner's work was in the hands of others, meaning others had already contracted to perform work for him, the yasu, they're not allowed to do that work inside of the mourner's house, but but they could do that work, um, in someone else's house. Okay, um, of so Marion, the son of the son of Ravin and Mar the son of Ravacha who's the son of Rava they owned between them um, a yoke of oxen right a yoke of ox right so each had one animal and those two oxes they would in your backpack, they they would work together Um and basically, rent them out and do all different things. And so they had to, both had one ox, but they would become a yoke together, and they would they would um, they would rent them out together. They would work together. So an unfortunate occurrence befell Mar, the son of Rachel, the son of So befell Mar. So um, I guess a relative had died, and he was plunged into mourning. And he removed his ox from the yoke so to not benefit from the work of his animal during the mourning period. So Amar of Ashi asks, Gavarab Kamarber of Acha a great man like Mar, the son of Rav Acha, did this? How could he have done this? Nahidil of so fine. He doesn't care about his own losses, that's great. But Adachem but by him not by him removing his ox, that means his partner's ox wouldn't be able to do the job, so his partner would be losing throughout the week. Of mourning. So, why was any concern with the loss of others? Didn't we steer, clearly state in Abraissa? Huh? If you or your animals are rented out to others, they can perform their tasks during their mourning periods to prevent a loss to their employers. Um, so, to avoid a loss, we see very clearly that you're allowed to allow your animal to keep working. So, why did Mar do this? So we answer, Vuhu savar adam of Shiny. Mar thought that a prominent person is different, meaning he has to follow a more stringent standard, and could therefore not permit his animal to continue working. So we'll uh, stop here, um, and uh, we'll we'll continue next week. All right, take care. Daddy, my baby's made this.